This week's major spoilers podcast is brought to you by the following. Robert Leviel. That word just goes on and on. Robert, Robert we're going to go with Lavelle. Laville? Lavelle. Robert Castlake, Daniel, Daniel Auger, Christopher Mathias, Alexander Diacon. Oh, now you're doing it. Ethan Coover. <laughs> Ethan Coover, man. Julia Hess, Adam Robinson, Daniel Evenson, not to be confused with Adam Robinson, or Alexander Diacon, and William Gibson. I love the fact that never. They are all fine and faithful spoiler rights, and this one goes out to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this Issue ghosties and ghoulies and long-legged beasties and nowhere to hide when they walk the night. But enough about Comic-Con. We've also got an all-star lineup of ugly, ugly... Wait, are we still talking Comic-Con? No? Okay, okay, good. Groot and Gorilla Man and the Living Mummy and a, a Vampire and the Son of Satan and the Brother Voodoo, they've all got more in common than just a place on my wall of fame. We got the goods if you got the guts. The Power Trio is back, babies, and the Fat Man has only one thing to say. Booger. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air! Welcome to Issue 529 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for being part of this free podcast experience that we deliver each week to you. How you doing, Rodrigo? I'm getting over a cold. Oh, way to go, D&D Brian. Yeah. I blame him. Us, yeah, he got us all sick. Making out at Nerdtacular, yes, passing the germs yes, around. Yes, definitely that. Um, we were supposed to play We were supposed to play a bunch of games at Nerdtacular, and all we ended up playing was Spin the Bottle. <laughs> Zach is out this week. Yep, apparently, he week came he from Nerdtacular. Me, and now he's no longer on the show. And apparently, uh, he <laughs> thought one vacation over the summer wasn't enough, so he had mm-hmm. to take another week off. To go spend time in the mountains with his girlfriend. What are you talking about? Uh, young Zach worked pretty hard the whole time he was there at Nerdtacular. He yeah, was keeping he was, Rob and Brian was, in line. Yes, he was jamming <laughs> and he was keeping track of Rob and Brian. Yeah. And, uh, he had a lot of fun. I posted a lot of pictures of him rocking out yeah. at Nerdtacular. Keeping uh, Rob and Brian in line. A little bit later in the show, we will be taking a look at Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. Oh. It's not what you think, I promise you. But first, let's get to the news. Paul Miotti and Amanda Condor, Connor to launch a Harlequin monthly issue for DC uh, Comics. Howard Chaikin returns to the Shadow X-Force movie might be in the works. And Samurai Jack returns in October. Let's spin this Wheel of Destiny and see where it lands. There goes right there on number four. Samurai Jack returns in October. This shouldn't be a big surprise to a lot of people. Hmm. Because way back in February... Uh, Cartoon Network and IDW Publishing announced that they would be bringing a lot of the Cartoon Network shows into comic book form. Powerpuff Girls, Ben 10, Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, Johnny Bravo, and Generator Rex. I think we've seen Powerpuff Girls already, right? Yes. Uh, So Samurai Jack, I'm pretty sure we have. I seem to remember seeing that in the solicitation somewhere. Oh, you mean the comic or new episodes? No, 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 not new episodes. Comic comic, yeah. Oh, I thought we were talking about new episodes. I'm confused. No, new Samurai Jack courtesy of IDW Publishing. Oh, nice. Uh, Jim Zub will be the writer. A lot of people know Jim from um, Skull, uh, Kickers. Skull Kickers and some other things. He says, I'm thrilled to finally be able to reveal that I'm writing the new Samurai Jack comic series for IDW that begins in October. It's a continuation of the popular cartoon series that ran from 2001 to 2004. And the new comic book picks up where the TV show left off. 
I'll have more details about this soon. Hint, hint, San Diego Comic-Con. But for now, check out the October solicits. Where did the season leave off, Rodrigo? With Samurai Jack in a tight situation. No, I'm I'm pretty sure it, uh, the last episode is him, like, walking off into the sunset. He doesn't... I don't think he actually full-on succeeds... Um, but I don't remember. It's actually been a long time since I watched the last I season know, of Samurai Jack. Tartikovsky. Yeah, he's got to be happy about this. I would think. Probably. Now, I mean, Samurai Jack was a big, was you know, kind of his baby. Mm-hmm. Andy Suriano is going to be providing the art for the at least the first issue. Jindy Tartikovsky will be providing the variant cover. That's for the subscription. For those of people that subscribe, will get the Tartikovsky cover. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. I like Samurai Jack. I watched it on and off before my uh, cable provider. I mean, before I moved to my cable provider, decided Cartoon Network wasn't something that people in this area just needed. Ugh. Well, Western Kansas. I mean, there isn't a whole they're, lot they're of... Also, they're also the uh, company that uh, wouldn't carry the WB. And when I called when I first moved there and said, hey, uh, you guys carry the WB? Well, I get calls every day about us carrying the WB. I should start writing this down. How many people want this? Uh, Click. Idiots. <laughs> Good Lord. See, what I'm uh, what I'm interested in seeing is um, what the art, what the interior art is going to look yeah, like. Yeah. Because Samurai Jack was a very, very visual show. I mean, we're talking about just like... F- 20% of an episode being like Jack wandering through just right. the, these Crazy like panoramas. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. the, are uh, they going to try to capture that within, within the uh, episode? Are they going to the try cover to art, the issue? The cover art for the main issue is by the interior artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what you're going to be looking at. I'm Not, looking, I'm, I'm looking it up online and it looks like he does some amount of painting mm-hmm. as well. Which so that good. yeah, that might be interesting because yeah, I mean some of the some of the backgrounds weren't just like the the hyper rendered like cartoony stuff, but right. some of them had were like clearly painted or just using like different uh, kind of rendering techniques. So I'm 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 interested to see how much of the show's visual language makes it onto the page. That because be, it's yeah. it's a it's a really it's a really artsy show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that sense, yeah. Powerpuff Girls actually arrives in September. The first issue of that. Yeah, I knew we had seen solicits for it, but I didn't think it was out yet. <laughs> I and, wonder. Though, yeah, go didn't ahead, Matthew. Jendi Kartatovsky create Powerpuff Girls, or I think it was somebody else. That's Craig McCracken, I think. Okay, Jendi did uh, Dexter then. I don't remember which one, but yes, probably. Yeah, he was one of those. I I remember. Early on, early on, hearing his name associated with one of those cartoons. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. He's done Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, not the one that just ended, but the uh, one that was supposedly supposed to go in between the movies. Uh, (laughs) Symbionic Titan, which I thoroughly enjoyed a lot. And then, of course, he just did uh, Hotel Transylvania as the uh, that movie that came out. Mm, And apparently... Apparently, he's directing an animated film based on Popeye. That would be very interesting. That is interesting. You gonna go pick up? Yeah, based on Popeye. Hmm. Uh, You interested? Are you gonna be picking up Samurai Jack number one when it comes out, Rodrigo? Probably, assuming that I can find it at our uh, local comic place. That only orders one of everything, except for all the comics that you don't. So, so really, what's probably gonna end up happening is me showing up at Rob and Brian's house and and yes, I'm being like yeah because they will have bought the one issue. Yeah, or Zach will get there first. Yeah. 
Matthew, what about but, you? But Zach will be with, at with Robin Bryant. Yeah, yeah. So either way, <laughs> either either way, I get to scavenge the issue off of them. Nice. Luckily, I, I know a comic guy. So yeah, I think I would be interested in this because of well, the quality of the adaptations we've been seeing lately has been phenomenal. Uh, I don't even watch uh, My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic, but the comic is awesome. Mm-hmm. And when you know when it comes down to it, I think Samurai Jack has a lot of legs behind it. So I'll be interested to see if we can turn this into another Darkwing Duck must-read situation because yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I think uh, we'll see when this comes out. It comes out in October. No idea when in October. Because yeah. uh some point. At some point in October, October as we've seen before. Uh, things things happen. They say when it's gonna come out, but it's not the day you think it is. Are you still IDW. mad about the I am I am mad about uh, Yeah, I, I am still mad at IDW publishing. It's not coming out this week. Yeah. Doesn't it's not look coming like out it's next week. Not coming out next week, so it's gotta be the very last week in July, if it even comes out then. Hmm. Right. They're so, still saying as of the last I heard, which is like late May, early June. Shooting for a July release. Yeah, so. yeah, those guys. Maybe, maybe you know the guys are tied up with something. Maybe well, I th- Jay Bone is like busy drawing. I don't know Batman or something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, look for a Samurai Jack number one, Jim of the month, right now in your uh, catalog. Mm-hmm. I think your your orders are due on this week. Hurry up, due on Friday. Get them yeah, in. Hurry up. And if you're going Next to the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, uh, you better get you, them in you're before you're probably already too late. Just oh, give yeah, up okay. now. Don't even worry about it. Just <laughs> you can read about this story and a lot more over at Majorspoilers.com. While you're over there, Pacific Rim opened up this past weekend mm-hmm. in theaters nationwide. And uh, Rodrigo and our own George sat down mm-hmm. and decided to come up with another top 10. Yes. Top 10 songs about giant robots and monsters. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a it's a rocking mix. Um, and so you got Abba on the list, so you yes. can't be all bad. Yes, actually, that is we that that <laughs> song is by far the worst Abba song ever written. I mean, I I I will I will gladly bring that song to any challenge of worst Abba song ever written. That is oh, probably yeah, of course, Abba songs go yes, I would um, agree. Absolutely, no, no. Abba is a great band. I love Abba, but King Kong song is the worst <laughs> Abba song. Ever. You have uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot's version of Iron Man, because that's about giant robots in my head. No, I, we have, but we have uh, uh, MC form, Front a lot. Yeah, I'll Form uh, the Head. I'll form the head. Yeah. Uh, Deltron 3030, you know, Del, the, the funky Homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. Um, something mm-hmm. off of uh, Rocky Horror Show and Little Shop of Horrors. Right. So, a little bit, it's, a, it's an eclectic mix. You guys should go check it out. And videos, it's not just text. There's That's videos right. and That's music, right. so you'll want to head over to Major Spoilers. And there's some radio head in there if you know where to look. <laughs> I want to give everybody a quick update. Give you a quick update on what's going on uh, with our fun drive. It's still going on. It's still there. Because of San Diego Comic-Con, I took down the, the one uh, face picture that people have been looking at uh-huh. for months. We'll put it back up after the convention's over. But you can go over to members.majorspoilers.com right now. Uh, we're still working on it, but at least you'll get a flavor for it. Um, if you want to sign up and get access to the members-only site, you can. I wouldn't do it just yet because I haven't finished all the testing. Mm-hmm. But what we'll do is if you're a current uh, $2, $5, $10 a month subscriber, I'll migrate you over into that, <coughs> and you'll be able to get uh, access to some stuff. And depending on how much you are uh, contributing each mm-hmm. month, that will depend on what level of access that you get to. Uh-huh. So I can tell you, for example, right now, $2 a month people, 
you're going to get access two dollar and above. You're going to get access to um, behind the scenes pictures of Critical Hit. Mm-hmm. Adriana sits down and she doodles while we uh, while we gameplay. And so she's sending me those images that she does of our session. So you'll actually get to see images before the episode even arrives. Mm-hmm. It may not make a lot of sense, but you'll get some critical critical hit art right there. Yeah, but then again, sometimes the episode shows up and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's very true. Five dollar. That's why we keep it cryptic. <laughs> Five dollar and up, uh, you're going to get access to bonus tracks and behind the scenes. Ten dollar and up, you're going to get access to bonus tracks uh, and behind the scenes. And then when we hit that. Um, magic number mm-hmm. uh, will open up two new pa- podcasts Uh-oh. for our $10 a month subscribers. So don't not subscribe. Let's get us up there to the, the magic number. We're looking for 6,000 members, $6,005 a month members to push us over the edge and get these new podcasts. One of them is a gaming podcast. One of them is a drama podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Ho, ho. And you can read about that phase two. <laughs> phase two, there's a little link there on That's phase right, two. That's right, ho Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, you can, you can read a Mr. link about, uh, about phase two there on the site as well. So that's all going on. It's so close to being launched. I just need to, at this point, import some of our current people mm-hmm. and have them test it out and make sure it's all working for them. It is through a secure site. Uh, we're going through PayPal, and uh, the way we've got it set up is people will be able to use their credit cards. They won't have to necessarily have a PayPal account. All the checkout will still go through uh, PayPal, Hooray. but you can use your credit card uh, for a monthly thing going on there. More information coming on. Spent a lot of time this past week working on it. I think you're going to like what we have. This is stuff that's only exclusive on that site. You're not going to see it appear on the regular Major Spoilers site or any of the other sites on the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. That's our things. And of course, the, the member site now has a name, uh-huh. Major Spoilers VIP. Nice. So you can find out more about that, members.majorspoilers.com. Yep, yep. All right, let us get to some reviews. Reviews. Oh, check this out. I have a cold. Legend of Korra, book two, coming out sometime this year. Mm -hmm. I bet we're going to find out at San Diego Comic-Con exactly when. Makes sense. I'm going to bet it's going to be September, October. 14 episodes, 14 weeks uh, for this this new series. Uh, The second uh, series is called Spirits. Oh. Takes place six months after the uh, end of the first season. Mm Mm-hmm. But for those people and Legend of Korra, the first uh, book is now out on Blu-ray. Yeah. It's pretty, looks really great. Yeah. And of course, if you bought it through iTunes, I guess iTunes now has some teaser booklet that you can download through iTunes if you've got the season two subscription. But what's coming out this week from Dark Horse Comics is the Legend of Korra, the art of the animated series book one air hardcover. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I did a uh, discussion review of... Uh, the Last of Us art mm-hmm. book. This one is about the Legend of Korra, and it trumps that other art book <laughs> by a million babillion miles. <laughs> one of the things that I loved about Legend of Korra was the character design, yeah. the environment, the architecture, and they go into super detail about the architecture. I mean, if people are, are um, 3D animators, if you would like to model and play around with stuff, the sketches and the schematics that they have in this book are detailed enough where you can go in and you could model your own um, Republic, Republic City. City. Yeah, it's it's that cool. And then they also, again, if you're a 3D modeler, they've got turnaround models. Uh, so you could go in and model your own Quora based on those turnaround models. 
just about anybody who appears, even these people that just kind of walk down the street. I forgot to look in detail for that crazy old guy, the cabbage uh, cart guy. Oh, the cabbage corp. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Um, they're um, everybody that that appears in the series has has a has pictures of them in there, and it's. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, just backgrounds and theories and concepts on why they designed the city, and it follows right along with everything that I thought about the series. They even go into the airships. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about the parachutes, but they talk about mm-hmm. you know the look of the different worlds. Uh, you know, up, up North or where right, the Arctic, right. uh, and then of course Republic city. And it's, it's a fantastic art book. I, I've really been getting into these books lately. Every time dark horse is releasing them, like, Oh yes, please let me review this. And of mm-hmm. course with legend of Korra, I thought it was not going to be as detailed as, as this is. I thought it was right. going to be like the last book is like, Oh, this is a good thumb through book. The, um, art of the last of us had a lot of just pictures, not a lot of description. This one has a lot of text with it as well. Nice. So it, it is really worth picking up. It's The Legend of Korra, The Art of the Animated Series, Book One. Great for art art people, great for designers, great for fans of The Legend of Korra. And I know that there's a million billion of you out there, and about a million billion of you are downloading this episode right now. Million it's billion. Million billion. That's how many downloads we're going to have this week. Nine quabillion. I, this Even is a book. I know numbers don't work that way. I am going to put this one out on the coffee table. Mm. I'm going to let the little nice. kids get their grubby mitts on it yeah. so that they can go. Cause you know, the boy just loves legend of Korra. Yeah. And so I know when he sees this, he's going to go nuts. I'm giving this four and a half slices of meatloaf designers, gamers, whatever, go pick this up. I think you'll really get a kick out of it. If you're like that, if you like that behind the scenes, look at design, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy this. This is going on my Amazon wish list. Done nice. and done. You have an Amazon wish list. Yeah. Just look him up. There's only one Rodrigo ah. Lopez in the world. Ah, uh, yeah. There's only, there's definitely only one Rodrigo Lopez in the world, uh, except Just except looking. except for like the seventeen or eighteen thousand that there are. Dude, I know two Rodrigo Lopez's. Yeah. Other than you, and I don't know people. Hey, it's it's a it's a good litmus test of how well Major Spoilers is doing by like if you type in Rodrigo Lopez into Google, like how far up my Twitter appears. <laughs> Usually, like it used to be that I was at the bottom of the page, and there right, were like right. baseball players, actors, and like musicians there in the way. But now I'm like halfway up the page. Excellent, nice, Matthew. This week, or was it last week? Next week. Next week, Valiant Entertainment's Archer and Armstrong, number eleven. Number eleven, Archer and Armstrong. I gotta tell you right off the bat, I kind of freaking love this book. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be ashamed. Well, I wasn't a real fan of the original Archer and Armstrong back in the day, uh, the VH1, as we like to call it. But this new version is written by Fred Van Lent, or Lenti, whom I happen to think is an utter genius and probably should have been one of the architects of the Marvel Universe. Maybe, you know, let that Bendis guy take a, take a deep breath and stop writing the five-page conversations. Archer and Armstrong is the story of an immortal Armstrong. And the boy who has been tasked and spent his entire life basically being turned into the ultimate weapon to murder the immortal Armstrong. So the whole point of this series is that years and years ago, there was this magical MacGuffin that made Armstrong absolutely immortal. And now Archer has turned on his family and the evil uh, manipulative, uh, I guess it's sort of a coterie or cabal 
that uh, was running his family that sent him to kill Armstrong. And now they've both gone out and tried to recreate the boon. But if you ever read the old uh, books from Valiant Comics in the 90s, you know that there was also a discussion of the inner lands where Turok, the son of stone, lived and there were dinosaurs and vampires and all like that. Now, I don't think Valiant has the rights to Turok. I believe Turok is one of the characters that's still with uh, Western Entertainment, which I believe was publishing through Dark Horse. They had the Dr. Solar and them. Yeah, they were, they were running the, the, the Turok for a while. But the inner land, or in this case, they call it uh, something entirely different here, is still part of the continuity. So in this issue, Archer and Armstrong have found themselves stuck in the far away. And the first page, the first panel of the first page, is Armstrong punching out a T-Rex. And the, sign of, the sound effect goes, Dino Punch. Nice. Yeah, I, I bought the issue based on that. That is why I bought it. That's not true. It's been on my pull list since issue three. This book is really fascinating because the stuff that happens in the background is always important. So there was a discussion, you know, months and months ago of Obadiah Archer. His parents adopted many, many children and were trying to turn them into ultimate weapons. Well, his adoptive sister, who he's kind of in love with, which is a little icky, but okay, it's fine, you know, is now back. Nobody knows how she gets back. And throughout this issue, she and Archer and Armstrong are being pursued by what seems to be the actual Roswell UFO from 1947. Cool. Yeah, we get some cool background story on that. We find out that she may not be all that she seems, or she may actually be also an immortal. There's some really, really bizarre stuff going on. And the villain of the piece is probably the funniest thing I've ever read. General Redacted. (laughs) And his dialogue is, in fact, redacted. Anytime he would curse, it's blacked out like a CIA document. And he is the only one that gets this effect, which I think is hysterical. So General Redacted, who looks an awful lot and in my head talks exactly like Hunter Gathers from... uh, the Venture Brothers has captured Obadiah or shut your word, whole skinny, captured Obadiah Archer and is now trying to use him for some evil means. Uh, don't worry. I ask him to probe me three or four times a day now. Because he's got aliens. But it's really clever. It's really well written. The plotting is up to the clever, which isn't always the case. Sometimes when you get a book that there's funny stuff going on or they have a humorous component. It kind of falls apart in what they're doing because the humor takes over. That doesn't happen here. There's a particularly hysterical scene where you see close up faces of uh, Armstrong and the little sister. I hate you. Yeah, I get that a lot. And then they pull out to the wide shot, theoretically speaking, since it's not actually a camera. And we see that they're both tied to a pole and being carried away by natives. It's one of those Gilligan cut moments, very cinematic, very cool. And as the issue ends, I'm like, man, did I forget to read issue 10? Also, Ambrose Bierce is in it. And that makes for some fascinating stuff, because apparently the faraway land is where people who disappear go. Hmm. So there's a, a lovely sequence where Ambrose Bierce and his pet dodo bird are walking around and it's i mean it's really fun it's vaguely literary four and a half slices of meatloaf beautifully drawn as well 
and it has a nice cliffhanger at the end where you're like, holy crap, what, that's what, like the old volumes. What covers are you getting? Are you getting the regular covers or are you going in for the 8-bit uh, covers that they've got going on? I I can't afford to buy the special variants usually. Aren't the 8-bit covers like 1 in 25 variants? Oh, I don't know what they are. Yeah, the cover that I got is the Brady Bunch cover. Oh, okay. I think with that's the just Tyrannosaurus a, in yeah, the yeah. center slot. <laughs> Speaking of Tyrannosaurus, I don't know. Do you got dinosaurs in your upcoming review, Rodrigo? Sort of. Next week, uh-huh. I will be doing a movie review that came in, a movie that I've been excited about. Yeah, The Adventures of Adele so uh, Blanc-Sec. Uh-huh. It's a French film by Luc Besson uh, or Benson or whatever his name is from uh, Fifth Element. Oh, nice. It's got a it's got a pterodactyl in it. Nice. In in. Uh, in Paris at the, uh, what was it, like 19, 1910, somewhere <laughs> around there. So uh, be on the lookout for that next week. Classy. All right, Rodrigo, you've got a book from Dark Horse as well. Yes. Uh, this is Gamma. It's a one-shot, and it um, gathers up the Gamma storyline from Dark Horse Presents, I believe. So this is a story of a guy named Dusty, and uh, he spells his last name K E Z T C H E M A L. Repentancyft. Right. Well, actually, it's um. Write it out. Go back. Rewind it. Write it out. You'll catch get it. All. Yep. It's Dusty. Catch them all. Yep. Um. And um. He is. Uh, we start the issue uh, with people paying to beat him up because. Uh, he led the entire planet down, and basically the planet is a post-apocalyptic wasteland because he failed the world. Way to go. Once he was the greatest monster trainer and had all these monsters that went into little cubes that went in his pocket, and he Yay. was the greatest. But um, then the monsters all got out of control, and when the nations of the world came to him and said, Save us! He was like, Bye! Uh, boo! We're so this is misty. This is the I mean it's it's not even that. I, I mean it's it's such an on the nose like Pokemon joke that it I mean it's not like I mean that's that's just literally what it is. I mean this guy is almost except for the fact that he's blonde, right, right, he's right. basically Ash yeah. from and and you know, a total coward and, and lecherous <laughs> bastard. Um but um so this is kind of the story of how he gets his groove back. After all of this has happened, like you, you see in a flashback what happened, and then by the end of it, he's kind of like, maybe, maybe I can be better than this. But then it kind of, but but also he's still a terrible person. Um, weird, really interesting book. I like the art. Um, you know, the monsters don't look like Pokemon. They are just kind of. Um, I mean, they're all over the place. They look like big teddy bears or you know, dinosaurs or like just like fighting guys or whatever, which is actually kind of true for Pokemon. They just <laughs> yeah. don't, uh, they don't have that, the same aesthetic. Mm, okay. Um, his main Pokemon is a, um, electric gerbil. So, <laughs> you know, um, so there's, there's that or his, his main, uh, monster, but, uh, it's a, it's a weird story. I mean, it is just kind of somebody being like, what if, you know, this this monster catching thing was a little bit more serious and the main character was a total um to borrow a phrase jack wagon. Uh, it's um it's okay. worth it's worth the read. It's a it's a one shot. Like it's not like if you 
pick this up and you don't like it, you know, you 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 haven't committed to anything. Right, right, right. It's it's just weirdly interesting. It's funny and it gives you like this this point of view of like a highly unlikable character in a really weird world. Um I just I I found it pretty charming altogether. Um, I'm gonna give it three and a half slices of meatloaf, and right. and and we'll recommend it. I think you know if you if you want to pick up a one shot that's going to at least entertain you for the span of however many pages, you should you should definitely pick up uh, Gamma. Excellent. Nice. Uh, Zach. Oh wait, there's no Zach. This oh, week. I'm sad. Dang it, Zach. Yeah. You know, if Zach were here though, he would probably say, you know, I'd be interested in checking me out some Samurai Jack stuff because mm-hmm. I was like two when that stuff was on television. Yeah, and Actually, I'd he'd probably say, I'd like to pick out some. And I would say to him, well, you know what, Zach, you can do just that. You head over to Majorspoilers.com. You click on that Amazon.com link. You help out Major Spoilers Entertainment LLC by buying your stuff through there. Same price. A little bit comes back our way, keeps this magical ship afloat, just like a cover of a Boston album, right? (laughs) You can help us come sail away. That's that's, (laughs) that sticks. I know, but we've got a magical ship. But but Boston, (laughs) but sticks doesn't have a magical ship. They can. But you know what? You know why they don't have a magical ship? Oh, because God. they didn't have an Amazon link and they didn't have their people buying through their website. Listeners, you can help us out. You can help us make this uh, go even higher. We can bring even more to you beyond what we're doing over there at Members mm-hmm. VIP. Amazon.com is the website. Well, through major spoilers, of course. Right. And if you are uh, international, just change that dot com to co.uk or .fr or .ca or .ca .nz .mex yeah .xxx don't go to .xxx they haven't actually approved that yet it's it's the scariest uh, scariest Animaniac site ever all right let us get to that next part of the show that we all love so well because it allows people to just jump in at any time it's time so you gotta give that little primer gotcha it's like pour a little water on it so it Primed correctly, it's and then you just say, "There you go." Oh, I'm sorry. Not all of us are the master of transitions that you are, sir. That's it's right. Time. Speaking of which, speaking of transitions, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is your place to go get a magnificent pair of headphones. I carry these around with me all the time, Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. I wear them when I'm at work. I wear them when I'm in the well, I can't say that I'm in the car. If I were in the car and it were legal to be wearing them while I was driving, right. I would be listening to them because my two children are too busy watching Arthur and watching Pokemon and mm-hmm. watching whatever else they've bought through our Amazon.com link over at Majorspoilers.com on the right. system. But I'll put those in because they sound great. Tweakedaudio.com, a lot of different colors, a lot of different uh, styles, mm-hmm. noise canceling so that the kids can't hear them. Right. Can't hear that cop pulling you yeah. over. <laughs> Work great on your uh, iPod, your MP3 player, your iPhone, whatever it may be. And listeners, when you check out at tweakedaudio.com, you can get 30% off the price by using the checkout code MAJOR. I can't believe your kids like Dudley Moore. His humor is a little bit high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just like the Bo Derek scenes, to be honest. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> uh, Liza Minnelli was a hottie. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. For the millions in attendance. 
and the thousands who are still a little horrified at the thought of Liza Minnelli being a hottie. It's time for the major spoilers, Comic Con edition poll the week, 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 week. It's that time of the year, the time where we ask the same question we ask every year. <laughs> At this time, have you seen Surf Nazis Much Die? Will you be attending the 2013 San Diego Comic Con? Rodrigo, I will not be attending Matthew. San Diego Comic Con. I will be attending my couch and a small chair in an underground bunker. And Zach, oh, no, Zach. Aww. And Stephen, no. Too many things going on. In fact, uh, uh, keep watching the site. We should have lots of updates. I'm keeping my yeah, fingers you guys, crossed. You guys that, just had a big convention. I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Zach and Rob will uh, follow through with their commitments and deliver you with tons of stories over the... Like, uh, like they always have before. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> like they always You know, it's kind of good when we, look at, when we look at how the rest of the major spoilers nation voted. Mm -hmm. It actually makes me feel somewhat good. Not that we're not... That I'm not going or not that people aren't going... But the fact that if there's 130,000 plus people attending the San Diego Comic-Con right. for a variety of different reasons, whether it be Twilight or, um, um, you know, whatever else is going on in Hall H. Mm -hmm. Oh, the the flaming swan thing. Yeah. What's that movie? Hunger Games. Hunger Games. That's it. Flaming swan is a great <laughs> superhero name. Um, I call it. But it, it means that there's still a crap ton more than 130,000 comic book readers sure, out there. I'm pretty sure Flaming Swan is a club in Topeka, dude. <laughs> and you probably don't want to call it. I'm just saying. Blazing Swan. Anyway. The rest of the major spoilers uh, nation, Matthew, voted how this week? Right now I have 138 votes. A whopping 96% love Grumpy Cat. Yeah. Whereas 4%. Think that the scary little kitten is not terrifying, but he is. Four percent of one hundred thirty-eight is basically five people, I think. Yeah, five or six. That's fine. That's a good, you know, sampling of people who voted so far. Right now, yeah. I know that so many people are right now in transit uh, because you know Comic Con starts True. really Wednesday night when they have preview night, mm -hmm. and right. you start queuing up then. And in fact, if you're doing anything in Hall H, you probably queued up two weeks ago. Yeah. So there's probably you people that haven't gone to the, the website yet. I think it's funny that we have two little cats, and the uh, first cat to comment is our own cat, Halo, who says, I'd love to go, but can't, simply too far <laughs> away from me, and I'm already too poor, but someday, he, he says. He's like in Ireland or something, right? Yeah. Uh, Kyle Stewart says, nope, I don't have any money or time to go out to San Diego. I don't really want to deal with the crowd there. It is pretty crowded. I saved my excitement for Planet Comic Con, which is up in Kansas oh. City. That's a fun show to go to. And that that's been growing show. over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, you haven't gone yet, Rodrigo? No, I've I haven't. You gone. go to the what? What are the conventions you go to? Gen I, Con. I go to Nerdtacular. You go to Freak On. No, I don't go to any conventions. He, he doesn't yeah. get his Freak On. Um, oh, another cat, Russell T. Cat. <laughs> I only have the budget to attend one convention a year. As long as my local Comic Con stays good, I won't be going anywhere. Uh, he's up in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. So he's probably talking about Heroes Con. I think is the one that's up there. Could be. Mm -hmm. Cat Stevens didn't vote. <laughs> really no longer interested in the SDCC, says Charles, since it turned into a media circus about the next blockbuster and less about and less and less about comic books and their creators. I, you know, it depends on what part you go to, to be honest. If you go it's to Hall H, which is, that you can, Hall, you can H is Hall H is like, you know, 5,000 people can sit in there and they've got media up the, out the, out the wazoo there. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone from 
Big Bang Theory to Godzilla to um, I think we're going to see some. Uh, what's the crap movie next year? Wolverine. No, that's coming out in a couple of months. So Wolverine right? will be this next month. Yeah. yeah. So the Wolverine will be there. Oh, we're definitely going to see, I mean, the Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Marvel so stuff will be there. Dark World, the probably Avengers Winter two. Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Thor so, I mean, there's two. a, I mean, TV yeah, shows, I mean, Hannibal is going to be there for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, Supernatural. So, but the thing is, is if you go down on? into, if you go down yes. into the, uh, the main hall where the exhibit booths are. The Simpsons. Man, there is so much to see and do up and down there. Yeah, there's a lot of merchandising, but the Artist Alley is there. Now, Artist Alley from what I've gathered from some other artists is kind of getting a little smaller because people are not wanting to deal with the hassle of going there. And right. a lot of creators are finding, and this is, you know, really only from two people that have told me this. So mm. of all the comic and web comic creators out there, two of them have said that it costs them more to go to the show than they actually right, make right, at the right. show. And then it puts them behind on work that they have to get done. Right. right. So they'd rather go to smaller conventions or other conventions like sure. Emerald city or the planet comic con or things like that. Um, but there's, there's so much to do. If you're a comic fan, it's one of those things that's, you have to do a once in a lifetime thing. Even if you only go once, I say you, you should try to make it. My yeah. wife and I went, I lost her in the crowd only a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Are you calling your wife short? I am indeed calling her short. She's, a, four, short, she's a short at lady. At 4'11", she's only, I think, two inches away from legal dwarfism or something. For, fortunately, she's a good climber, so she just... She's uh, only two inches older, taller than my nine-year-old. There yeah. you go. Uh, Alicia Meeks says, sadly, no, between my med costs and other bills, I don't have the funds to go, let alone good. travel from Illinois to California. Good good to see Alicia Mink's comment and not be so freak out, freaked out about there being so many cats. Yeah. <laughs> cats are freaky. All right. That grumpy cat. If man. you are going to the San Diego Comic-Con, I, like I hope cat. that you have a lot of fun. I hope that you take a lot of pictures and that you send them to us because we will feature your pictures over at the Major Spoilers website. Wear, wear your safety goggles and watch for pens. Yeah, that hasn't been an issue in the last couple of years. So When did that even happen? Was that three years that was ago? Like Four or five years ago, oh, okay. I want to say. Oh, I don't think it was that long. No, it wasn't that long ago. I don't. We, we, we had it on the it show. It happened between 2006 and two years 2014 ago. yes yeah sometime in the last decade <laughs> i want to say that happened in 2000 <coughs> we'll take bets what's the over and under over and under uh the over 2000 when did you say Matthew? 11 2010 close i was closer than you you said six yeah that means that i win both showcases if you, no, go, you, didn't. you went over if you go, yeah if you go over you're out oh uh, Crap. And then, and then, skinny Drew Carey is like, you don't get, do I get it. to at least hug a supermodel or something. No, they've uh... you. You do before security gets you. <laughs> well, and before I, the maze starts burning for my eyes. swiftness. Yes. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna listen to some comments and some questions and some other things. And when we come back, we'll be back. <sighs> How dare you! Hello there, major spoilers listeners. I decided to chime in with a quick review for those uh, DC fans, but uh, not a comic. Let's look at a game. Uh, Let's see, what is it called now? Um, Injustice Gods Among Us. You're probably aware this came out, uh, I'm going to say two months ago, but if you haven't given it a shot yet, I really recommend you go download a demo. It's made by the same people that did Mortal Kombat, so you might be familiar with how it plays, but if you're new, it might be kind of daunting to pick up the new system. It's kind of twitchy, 
it's kind of unforgiving, but the story mode does a pretty good job of teaching you how to do the more complicated moves, and it also gets pretty easy if you keep dying over and over, you know, to help you practice a little bit. Uh, you see a lot of fun DC characters, and they've been adding a lot of DLC characters. Just recently, they announced they're going to add Martian Manhunter, but there's all kinds of Justice League folks that you know and love, and uh, it's really, if you haven't given it a shot yet, go ahead and check it out. Um, I highly recommend it, but definitely do the demo first. See if it's something you're going to be interested in. Uh, oh, and before I go, I wanted to give a shout-out to the Major Spoilers forums. We got game discussion alongside tabletops and, uh, you know, all those comic book things. But I guess that's it for now. Enjoy the show. Hello, Major Spoilers. This is Andreas calling from the far side of the world. This week, just to remind everybody that the new issue of Paradise, Wokeham's new own digital-only series, is out. And you can check it out on panelsyndicate.com. You just download the book right to your iPhone, your mobile device, or your uh, computer. And afterwards, you can decide however much you want to pay. Well, I liked it anyway, so hope you will too. See you. Hi guys, this is Matt Quiet. I just wanted to call in today and talk real quick about Pacific Rim, uh, in case Cat Halo didn't get a chance to. I uh, went to see Pacific Rim this weekend, and it is amazing. Uh, the uh, the visual effects are great. The story is uh, a little lacking, but the the action and the adventure, all of that is worthwhile. And uh, I really enjoyed everything that Guillermo del Toro put together here. Um, like I said, visually it's great. The CGI looks wonderful. The monsters look great, big, and scary, and the the mechs look awesome. And uh, Ron Perlman is hilarious in it. All all in all, it's a really good movie. I really suggest uh, if you if you like action adventure movies, maybe you should check it out. And if uh, if you like Ron Perlman and um, anybody else that's involved in the cast, it's probably something worth going to. Don't look for a whole lot of story, but just go to have some fun. That'll be it for me tonight. Uh, my name's, again, Matt Quiet, and uh, thanks for listening. Greetings, Major Spoilers crew. This is Josh from Kentucky here. I actually sent this question a few weeks ago as an email attachment for fear that it had gotten lost in the wild world of the interwebs. Later this month, my girlfriend and I are going to a convention where we will get to have our picture taken with and get the autographs of Stanley himself. As this is the first convention that either of us has ever attended, I was wondering what advice you would give to a first-time convention-goer. Is there anything you wish you had done or wish someone had told you before you went to your first convention? As always, any ideas or suggestions are greatly appreciated, and keep up the good work. Greetings and salutations, major spoilers. Tis Cat Halo back again. Before I get stuck in, I just want to wish a belated happy 7th birthday to everybody at Major Spoilers. Thank you guys for everything, for the site, for the podcast, for all the podcasts. You bring joy to the hearts and minds of nerds and geeks around the world, and we salute and thank you for it. Now, saw a few movies since I last spoke. Firstly, Now You See Me. came out quite a few weeks after its US release, and for the most part I agree with James Smith's review on the site. This is a pretty good movie. It has a great cast, and everybody is pretty cool in it. Eisenberg is very watchable, as are Woody Harrelson and Mark Ruffalo. Unfortunately, Fisher gets bog all to do, really, and other than the cool Gambit-style action scene, neither does Franco the Younger. 
The problem is the whole movie kind of derails in the last 15-20 minutes. The climactic magic trick and subsequent big twisty reveal dealie is quite disappointing and leaves something of a sour taste in the mouth. This movie is an adequate distraction with some cool bits, but it won't set your world on fire. It's, it's, worth, seeing, it's worth seeing. Now, the movie of the week, Pacific Rim. My review is up on Majorsporters.com, and it seems to be proving reasonably controversial, which I'm loving, by the way. Here's the thing with Pacific Rim. If all you want is giant, ruddy monsters beating up massive, smegging robots, then this is the movie for you. The action is gigantic and looks wicked cool. And crucially, you can actually see all the action, because Del Toro's camera doesn't swirl and spin and shake. The problem, though, is that's kind of all there is to it. The world is cool, but the story is painfully thin. The same can be said for the characters and the acting. Giving Del Toro's previous movies, from the likes of Kronos and Pan's Labyrinth, through Mimic and the Hellboys, he usually brings some heart and smarts to his movies, but unfortunately, not so much this time. Go see it. It's definitely worth seeing. The spectacle is spectacular. It's simply a rock'em, sock'em, robots and monsters, and it's really good for what it is. It would actually make a great Saturday morning kids cartoon, and it's definitely better than the abhorrent Transformer sequels. But it's not a great movie. But it doesn't have to be. A movie doesn't have to be great to be enjoyable. I love the core and Deep Blue Sea, and that doesn't make them good, it just makes them fun. The same can be said for this. However, it's still no excuse for Grown Up 2 doing better at the US box office. And I'm going to leave it for you there. Um, I've got a big week ahead of me. It's my anniversary tomorrow. And uh, then on Thursday, I'm going to see the Cornetto trilogy on the big screen. That's right. Shaun of the Dead, then Hot Fuzz, followed out by the midnight premiere of The World's End. Can't wait, and all going to plan, I'll have my review up for you shortly thereafter, a full month before it's released stateside. And as I said, I'll leave it there, guys. Have a fantastic week and take care of yourselves. Wow, so many people called in. Yeah. They must have gotten tired of the uh, let's all go to the movies bit that I've been running f- when we have no comments. Uh, but uh, question, first time convention goer. Now, he probably already went to the convention where he got to meet Stanley, but... Mm-hmm. Advice for first-time convention goers: comfortable shoes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. water, mm-hmm. yes, some kind of pain medication, mm-hmm. either yes. aspirin or Tylenol or Midol or the what, whatever the super Tylenol that Rodrigo uses that has excedrin, a caffeine, excedrin migraine. Yes, yes, it's good. <laughs> it's good for what ails you. Carrying case like a backpack or something comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and real if you comfortable. Do get junk you can have. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to get, and a lot of shows now, and especially at San Diego now, they've got these big bags that turn into backpacks, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Nice. Um, but no rolling luggage. Don't be taking like your rolling cart with no, you. No. That's just going to, that's just going to hit children. Hurt people's chin, shins. Don't, don't take little baby children because it's, it can be a real aggravation to have them running around. And, and they're not going to last say the that, whole day. And I say that from experience. Yeah. Because yeah. the last time that I took my oldest son, he was three at the time to plan a Comic-Con. We were only able to stick there an hour before yeah. it was just like totally going insane. It's oh, like, absolutely. well, that's going to ruin the experience. Yeah. Now, when he was what younger. Year did we go with the widget? Year after that. So, so. She was probably six. Three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, but um, when he was younger, when he was still a baby, we took him to a couple of shows. My wife would wear one of those like a papoose, papoose uh, slings and he'd just <laughs> stick him in there and he'd every once in a while just 
pull down the little thing oh, and like peek a, out. Like and a little Ewok. I got, I got some pictures of that. It's pretty funny. And he just drift off to sleep. But um, you're uh, from the original. Package. Don't be afraid to <laughs> don't be afraid to go up to your favorite creators. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if your favorite creators say that'll be five dollars. Yeah. Um, and if you're going for celebrities, do expect to pay lots of money for their autograph if you want an autograph or even a picture. I remember when we went, uh, Lou Ferrigno was charging like 30 bucks just to get a picture with him. I was like, whatever. Uh, yes, that, that is another piece of advice. Be prepared to spend a lot of money. Now, he did say that he was going to go and meet Stan Lee, so he probably already knows about how much it costs to uh, get in that line. Yeah, Stan, Stan's a big ticket item. Well, yeah, and he, I mean, he charges a lot to do that. William Shatner's another one. I think he charges like 75 Shatner's bucks or something. Ticket, yeah. Yeah, so. But Make the, sure uh, that you uh, drink a lot of like orange juice and stuff beforehand, like get your immune system up oh, because yeah, yeah, you're yeah, probably yeah. going to get sick afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. con sickness, the con flu. Um, Be aware if you're diabetic, the orange juice may or may not apply. And most of all, here's the biggest bit of advice. Have fun. Yeah. All right, listeners, if you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions, ideas, reviews, whatever it may be, give us a call on our Major Spoilers hotline and keep it, uh, you want to keep it kind of short, about two minutes is probably where I think it cuts you off. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get right in the middle of the sentence and say, and then the big important part of the story, and then you'll be gone forever. Yes. But do give us a call at that hotline number that Matthew number is. (laughs) 785. I'm not telling you Matthew's number. Matthew's number is a closely guarded secret. But the number for Major Spoilers, 785-727-1939, the Major Spoilers for Once Adults Only podcast. Not that we have adult topics, it's just that we don't have a 10-year-old going, hey, hey! This week we're taking a look at Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. When when Matthew first suggested this, I was like, ooh, I was thinking of the World War II comics. No, this is the uh, 2005 Monster Mash. Yes. Keith Giffen. You, you, you love Keith gathered. Giffen, don't you? I like Giffen. Giffen is one of those writers who he doesn't take the characters or himself so seriously. Wow, that explains so a lot. He will do things that are just fun. Mm, that and then sometimes the, the problem with the book is exactly that he doesn't take the character seriously. So, so here's a six issue miniseries, not collected in trade, probably for good reason. It wasn't meant to be a mini. It was just canceled. Okay. But it's not collected. (laughs) It's not collected. No. And And it went through. When it came in the door, I was like, I have to have this. And it went through four artists in its six issues. The final one by Mike Norton, which was by far the best artist in the entire run of the book, was the final issue. This was 90s Marvel and 90s Marvel under Quesada. Wait a minute. 90s Marvel in this book came out in 2005? That explains (laughs) even more. I guess I should say. No, seriously. When I looked at that first cover, I was like, holy crap. This is from the 90s because it's a werewolf jumping at you and he's got yep. the spandex and then the buckles and the belts and the pockets and the blah. But, and it's but, like, but that's what the, that's been the, myself. See, into? that's the thing, though, is that that 90s thing has been the shield uniform since the 60s. Oh, but that's true. Yeah. But this is like I was like, holy crap. And I kept looking again and again. It's going, is this Rob Liefeld? No, no, really. No, is this no. Rob Liefeld? Because no, that's no, no. just because of all the stuff. So uh, it's called Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. Nick Fury only appears in a brief cameo in the first issue. Yeah. And then he's replaced by uh, Clay... uh, Clay Quartermain. Quartermain, which they never even... 
Is he a regular? Is he regular in the Marvel Universe? Did he appear yeah, before? Yeah, Clay Quartermain is one of the old school S.H.I.E.L.D. guys. Oh, okay. I didn't know if they were trying to tie in the whole uh, Alan Quartermain bit into this or not. Oh, uh, no. Clay Quartermain has been around since at least the 70s. Okay. I want to say Clay Quartermain at one point was in charge of, and this you know makes sense in the universe, I think he was in charge of bringing down the Hulk at one point. Mm, okay. So anyway, um, S.H.I.E.L.D., has been wrangling up all the magical monsters and beasties, capturing mm-hmm. them. Any kind of monster that you would ever imagine, <coughs> from uh, Brother Voodoo all the way up to Groot and Groot. beyond. Groot. He actually says uh, more than just Groot in this. He didn't start saying just Groot until Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. And technically, that Groot, according to uh, according to the canon, is actually a separate, a, a new Groot grown from a it's sprout. It's a sapling. Of it's yeah, a, right. it's the old Groot was killed, and then that Groot grew a new Groot. Mm-hmm. So headquartered in Area 13, all these monsters are basically prisoners right? who agree yeah. to work with S.H.I.E.L.D. for time off for good behavior or whatever. Yeah. And then they go off on missions to stop a magical, monstrous kind of thing. So right. Gorilla Man is there. The Abominable yes. Snowman is there. The Living uh, Mummy. Uh uh, Clayface is there. No, what's that guy called? The, the Glob. The Glob. Right. Uh, Glop or whatever his um, name is there. Warwolf. The Werewolf. You got uh, uh, two vampires. Yeah, there's uh, the vampire Nina is actually the niece of the werewolf by night. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you've got werewolf. Yeah, I love that. It's werewolf by night's niece. This is so totally a 90s comic 10 years late yeah uh there's a zombie there's a clone there's a, frankenstein there's a, yeah right right <laughs> which i i, I the and only thing actually, I got, the only thing that got one chuckle out of me in the whole book is you mean you've got the frankenstein no he's a clone so wouldn't you have a whole bunch of people cloned from his original pieces shut up yeah, you know, yeah. kind of stuff don't, don't worry about that now there's an egyptian uh, pharaoh right yes, the living mummy the Kantu, the living mummy yes he's awesome he had his own series back in the day. Okay. Um, I believe you. Merlin escapes, transforms England into oldie timey fantasy realm. Mm. They have to go in and stop him. They stop him. The end. Thank God. But it's not. No, there's much more to it. than Actually, that. like a couple of the first, like the first handful of issues are actually them growing out the roster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. We, we spend a lot of time with them, like capturing people that are going to be future members. This was originally an ongoing, and I, I remember thinking, wow, this won't sell. And usually when I think, wow, this won't sell, it does. And when I think <laughs> I want I, you know, I want in on this, there's no way that it actually sticks around. But yeah, this was a book that I remember seeing coming out and going, hmm, I don't think this is going to last six issues. But then. Well, you I were right. It lasted six yeah, issues. Exactly yes. six issues. But when I read it, I kind of felt like the reason for that was because of what Rodrigo mentioned. They were world building too early. Mm-hmm. Before we had any idea what was going on, they were world building. There are some really great concepts in here. Yeah, there's a lot of good ideas. I they, mean, they just, fly the, around the, in a dragon. The the idea of monster team is not a bad idea. I, I've you know, seen they monster have teams a, before. DC they have, had one. Yeah, they have the. I mean, this is this is basically. You know, in in DC terms, this is kind of like those teams plus you know Suicide Squad kind right, of right, stuff. You know, right, it's all yeah. like it's all criminal guys. Yeah. Brought no, I together. mean I, the concept isn't a terrible yeah. one. 
It's the story that's terrible. <laughs> okay, right? You spend three issues building your characters up. Merlin mm-hmm. escapes. Then you've right. got to spend two more issues where the vampires go and explore fantasy land. Right. And, and then, one of, and one then of the in your final issue, you go through the portal and Merlin's just standing there going, well, I looked into the future. I can't win. So I'm giving up. Bye. And that's it. I think that's because the book got canceled. Yeah. I'm almost certain that the ending is because the book got canceled. But it's you also have. Well, they could have given him its clobbering time from Gorilla Man and hauled yeah. his butt back to the to the prison cell. That would have worked out a lot better and would have been a lot more satisfying than. Eh, well, I saw into the future. I'm not going to win, so I'm giving up. Well, really I saw into the future. The book's getting canceled. It would have yeah. been a lot more satisfying than this ending. They set him up as this super powerful being, and then Gorilla Man punches him in the face and takes him to jail. Wouldn't that have been pretty anticlimactic? Well, it would have fit in with this this whole story a lot better. There of are what they're supposed things. to be doing, or destroy him, or whatever. You know, they have Excalibur in their in their uh, in their arsenal, and you know. Somebody stabs him. Yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> Interesting. This book is a book that was aimed directly at me. And honestly, that's why. It and that's canceled. probably why it's, it got canceled. There was only actually, one person I buying mean, it. If you, if you look at this book, it is, you know, you talk about it being a 90s book, but it's actually not. This is an early 2000s. Yeah, it came out in 2005. Yeah. But that's not what I mean. What I mean is it's an early 2000s Marvel book. It's a True. book like Runaways. It's a book yeah. like um, the losers. The, like the losers, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's Marvel going back, looking through their D lists, and yep. like just putting superhero teams together, throwing them at the wall, and seeing what sticks. Like Agents of Atlas, and mm-hmm. everything in this book is a little bit of awesome. the The Living Mummy series, if you've ever, there are like twelve people that have read it from like nineteen seventy four. Really awesome stuff. And having the living mummy back should be interesting. And, of course, Gorilla Man is one of those characters who bounces around and people are like, that Gorilla Man should be awesome. But this is before he became awesome. This is all of the big giant monsters that we see are actual named Marvel mm-hmm, monsters mm-hmm. from the, the the Kirby Lee Ditko Marvel monster era. So when you see Groot and the Glob and Grog and all of these, these guys date back to Marvel's prehistory. This is like strip mining the history of monsters in the Marvel universe. But I think that they got, they got too deep into trying to build their reality. And they're like, here's a guy and here's a guy and here's a guy. There's tons of guys in this. And the first character to get a real spotlight that isn't, you know, Clay Quartermain being a jerk is Lilith, who isn't Mm. actually a member of the team. Right. They're well, it was on- it was somewhat balanced between Lilith and uh, Mina. Nina, Nina, Nina. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and that was fine. I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I think the thing that ruined it real early on for me was mm-hmm. the art. I mean, the first two issues, the yeah. art is freaking terrible. And that I'm is- and I'm usually wow. very well. That's just that person's art style, and I can live with it. This was to the point where I didn't know there was a zombie on the team because right. the zombie and the mummy looked exactly alike. Yeah. Yep. Right. The I zombie, couldn't tell the which one the was the Well, and I couldn't tell which one was the wolf man and couldn't tell which one was the the ape man. Right. I mean, this was this yeah, is this, really crappy this, art. And and not not only that, but they're like fighting mutants. Right. Like <clears throat> or like yeah. like weird looking monster guys. So like everything, everything you're looking at looks exactly the same. And what it looks like is like a plate of spaghetti. Yeah. Like yeah. when when I was flipping through the early the, the first issue, I was like, How am I gonna make sense of this? Yeah, and yeah. and you can, 
But that's the other thing is that even the color is like really similar mm-hmm. throughout. Like the the uh, the the color palette of of it is like all like reds and browns, right? Yeah. Very early on, and it's like it it does it really really starts the book off um, on a very on a, bad on a very bad yeah, yeah absolutely. It puts a, put a bad taste in my mouth from the beginning. Had the art not been terrible, had it not been off-putting, had it not been confusing, I mean, these uh, Lords of the Living Lightning or whatever, man, that sounds like a cool, awesome bad guy team. Yeah. They're old like uh, weird, villains as weird, well. Weird pseudo-scientific guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, that's, that's built around a religious cult kind of theme. I'm like, that's awesome. Um, but then it just just lost me, man. Oh, I, I just yeah. lost total interest, and it was... By the time I got to the last issue, and I was like, "Oh, who's the artist on this? Oh, Battle Pug, excellent!" Then the issue was the over. Amanda Connor cover, though. The Amanda yeah, Connor yeah, the Amanda Connor stuff was fine. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's all good, but good lord. This and I I really felt like looking at the way this broke down. That Amanda Connor cover was issue three, and I kind of looked at that as. We're so sorry the first two issues were ugly. Come back and read our book. Well, and I guess that goes into a bigger discussion of do you like another artist taking on the cover? Because I always feel that that's kind of cheating, misleading and cheating. I I mean, it certainly catches your eye. And I would say that anyone, when you're buying a comic book, don't buy it on the cover alone. Actually open it up and see if that works for you. Um, because bait, if you just bought it on the cover, the, yeah. you'd be just like, I didn't want this art. I bought the, um, you guys remember the, Stephen probably doesn't, you guys remember the uh, limited series that the Beast had in like the mid to late 90s? Mm-hmm. I bought that whole thing based on the covers and the interior art looks nothing like it. Mm. Um, so were you mad? I was at first, but um, I forget who the interior artist was and he draws some sexy ladies and there's like, mm-hmm. like the, um, like the vipers in it and stuff. Oh, yeah, so I yeah. was like, yeah, I can live with this. She's, All right. She vibes. She's yeah, vibes. she does. So without me just continuing to bitch and moan about how much I hated this book, what is good <laughs> about this book, Matthew? Well, the good parts of the book are that the characters do get a nice build. In issue one, Clay Quartermain is handed control of Agent 13 and the Howling Commandos. And he's like, I don't want this gig. These people suck. They all suck. And for six issues, he kicks and screams and drags his feet and things happen and, and the commandos know that he doesn't want to be there. And his his right hand man is like, you don't want to be here. We, we're just doing stuff without you. You suck. And in issue six, Clay is finally like, OK, I admit that you guys don't suck. You know, there are there is a wonderful bit where Merlin is taking over. And he's standing there and he's got this retinue of people who are standing with him and standing beside him. And I'm like, oh, holy crap, that's Damien Hellstrom. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the son of Satan is on the, the wrong side. And I'm like, oh, crap, are we going to see the son of Satan fighting the daughter of Dracula? And, of course, the answer is no. <laughs> but the buildup to that, the, the thought behind it is fascinating the fact that you know you can read there's a point where i think it's in issue four where no it's six where the guys come leaping out and it's like dun da where the cavalry and right. you see this this bunch of monsters yeah giant and monsters. i look at those monsters and i'm like that's li- it the living colossus and that's the dimensional man and you can look at that and identify all of the random background monsters and that Goom is in there. It may actually be Goom's son, Gugam, son of Goom. Mm. 
but I'm not making this up. Throughout the whole thing, all of the characters that you see who would normally be just, you know, random background guys, they are somebody. At one point, you know, a random background guy comes up and says, hi, I'm your magic specialist. And, you know, the art is pretty bad at that portion. So about three pages in, I'm like, is is that Brother Voodoo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody's like, yes, this is Brother Voodoo. And I'm like, dude, that's Brother. I love Brother Voodoo. There's a lot of things in here that they're really designed to get the attention of the old guys who know the characters. But that part of it isn't necessary to understand and appreciate the story. Problem is the story doesn't really have a, I'll agree with you. There isn't a whole lot of appreciation in the way the story rolls out because there's so much focus on the character and the, the universe and the building and the clay quarter main arguing. And we don't get a whole lot of plot in these six issues, right? Which if you've ever read Giffen is also occasionally one of Giffen's peccadillos. He'll put a ton of thought. I mean, there'll be like, you know, a pages thick Bible, um, and this is Legion Volume 4 in a nutshell. Right. Everybody has this deep, deep backstory, tons of backstory and secrets and lies and prevarications. And it never makes it to the page because there's no way without just having page after page of, and my secret is this. Mm-hmm. There's no way to actually translate all of that onto the screen. Mm-hmm. And the failure of the art in the first two issues is and I will say it right now. That's why this book got canceled. Yeah, issue one is so ugly that the natural issue to drop off, I'm sure, was just massive. Yeah, and I I I seem to recall that by issue three there weren't any of these books on the stands at Kate Keeper because the drop off from two to three is usually pretty precipitous as well. By the time we got to issue six, it's clear that they're like okay. We've gotten canceled. We're going to wrap this all up. And I think, hold on just a second. Rodrigo, you tell me what was good about this. Or did you not find anything good about this? Uh, some some stuff was definitely good about this. Um, the, the back and forth was good. <clears throat> I will say that a lot of the time, it felt like it didn't matter who was going back and forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like different characters all kind of had the same, like, I'm actually pretty cool and snappy voice. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't find a lot that was different, except some of them were like a little bit more old timey. But the back and forward was generally like funny and snappy. And I did, um, did enjoy that. I mean, there's a great exchange, for example, between uh, the son of Satan and, um, Merlin, yeah, where yeah. he's like, here, oh, yes, we have this guy. He is a son of Satan, and he's like, the, the son, son of Satan. Of Satan yeah. He's like, oh, how monogamous is he? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sorry, Damon, but I think you're going to have to start think, considering the fact that you probably have a bunch of half-brothers. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. In, in continuity, he has at least two. Yeah. Well, one's a sister, but still. So, yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff like that. You know, conversations with... Uh, What's the guy with the voice box? Is it Goom? The the yeah, uh, yeah, the glob. glob. Oh, the glob. Yeah, you know, just yeah. back and forward. Um, I, there's a lot of little things where, as I was flipping through it, I was like, ah, that's funny. But they they certainly don't hold the book together. I mean, yeah. the other thing is that, um, again, I I do I agree I totally agree that the art in the first couple issues probably is one hundred percent what killed this book, but um. 
it doesn't help that drastic art changes later made yeah. the characters very different. Like if you look at Warwolf, um, from it, issue one, from issue one all the way through. I mean, he goes from yeah, like that's an saber tooth character, saber tooth monster, yeah. to like uh, guy, like guy a, with a wolf head. Yeah, guy with a wolf head to basically a puppy, like like a a, a big like super long eared critter mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's it's just kind of all over the place yeah and the frankenstein is always enormous but he goes from being like 12 feet tall to being eight right his right. entire structure i mean the way his body is built changes right. throughout the book you know it's this is one of those series that i've always kind of wanted to just sit down and read all the way through <laughs> And I thought, you know, if we have it on the podcast, we can all sit down and read it all the way through. And I'll know that, you know, I have to read this because I've gotten to the point where I start to read it and issue one is ugly. Mm -hmm. And so I just sort of wander off and play Candy Crush or some such. And I'm I'm glad to be done with it (laughs) because there is 30 percent brilliance Mm -hmm. in this book. But there's there's like 70 percent and it's a, it's a combination of, I think, overthinking and over stylization. It's and I, I'm going to call it stylization. It's, well, a, it's a problem of execution. I think the, yeah, br- yeah. the real brilliance of this book is like in the pre-production of it, like in all the ideas and all the character work that was clearly done ahead of time and all the research to bring all of these like classic Marvel monsters up. Mm-hmm. But it actually falls apart in the execution. Mole Man shows up for a cameo. The Mole Man. Yeah, yeah, right at the end. He's like, hi, I'm the Mole Man. Yeah. I'm just trying to do we, some I comparisons was to be here. I'm trying to do some comparisons here while you guys are talking. I'm looking up uh, Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. I was actually trying to find issue one sales and then how much they dropped off the next month. The Wikipedia says that this series released uh, starting in December of 2005 and ran through May of 2006, but the January 2006 actuals have issue number four already out and sold. So this would have actually come out in like August would have been the first August, September would have been the, like the first, second issues. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth issue ranked 140th on the list of the top 300 and sold an estimated 11,297 issues. Wow. If we go to, uh, ranking number 140 from January of 2013 of this year, mm-hmm. we have uh, Fury Max. Man, it seems like four, Fury just yeah. stays there. Fury Max selling 13,703 issues. Uh, so, yeah, That's comic sales have kind of jumped a little bit, although the index that they use to measure how the this one compares, mm-hmm. uh, how far away from the, the number one has halved because uh, in 2006, that one was like 18 was the index. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fury Max is like nine on the index, which Mm -hmm. is, they measure 100 as Batman. They always measure it by Batman because you you have to measure everything by Batman. Right, right. Um, So yeah, yeah. So you, and I don't know exactly how the index is calculated. You got to figure it's like 9%, maybe, yeah, about 9% of of uh what batman sold that month so mm-hmm. yeah the big big difference but the good thing is you know comic sales up from the time before and there's i think it's important to note that there are bits and pieces of this series that have gone on to be very successful pieces of other series like Groot oh yeah sure the, like i'm not saying that, Man. yeah i'm don't get me wrong i'm not saying that the characters or the concept are bad because if you said hey 
uh, Nick Fury assembles a team of uh, Marvel monsters and they go out and fight, you know, you know, evil monsters. Yeah. I'd be like, cool. I remember when DC did that. And then I'd say, that sounds like a great concept. Let's see how it is executed. <laughs> it is the execution that failed for me. Mm-hmm. So bottom line for me is you, you can't get this in a collected issue. I, I tried to search all over for it. You can only get yeah, these as individual it. issues. And my recommendation is don't go through the trouble of trying to find the individual <laughs> issues. It's just not worth the time and it's not worth the money to go through and get a subpar story. Maybe if they would relaunch this and maybe take another swing at it, hmm. maybe yeah. right now it would really work a lot better than it has in the past. Yeah. But man, I cannot recommend this at all. There is... um. There's almost certainly for any given character in this book a place where it will where that character will shine in at least an okay story. Um, it would be nice to see all these characters together in a story that uh, looks good and holds up, but uh, this kind of isn't it. Um, if you want to read more Groot, go find Groot somewhere else. If you want to read more um, vampire Marvel vampire stuff, go look for it somewhere else. You'll probably be better off. Matthew, final thoughts from you. Uh, I think I had the most positive view of this series, and I, too, would say it's probably, unless it pops up as a whole in your you know local two-for-a-dollar bin, it's probably not worth the effort to go digging. Maybe if you get six-for-a-dollar. Do you have one of those bins? No. How much are you guys Wait. selling this for at uh, the Gatekeeper? Dude, we don't have any of these. Oh, okay. I thought this they were is... they were put in the quarter bin years ago, back when the quarter bin was still oh, okay. quarter bin. All right. Now, and if they came in today, they'd probably go straight into the quarter bin because you got your <laughs> Overstreet price guide. What's it going for? Uh, I don't know. You want me to look? Yeah, go look it up real quick. I'm checking on my price. So uh, this week, uh, Zach is not here, but we do have a Zach on film that's mm-hmm. coming up this week. We Zach talk on, uh, on the film. waterfront. Oh, we've got a top five coming up this week. Um, it is the top five things we found in our noses. I think is no. what it is. It's, uh, top five things we found on our glasses. Yeah, uh, top five. Top five things we ran over. Oh, and on, the, on the way to, to the studio. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking uh, but we've got that coming out this week. Of course, we've got another critical hit. Hopefully, coming out this week. I got to tell you, I'm out of town, so I'm hoping that the auto publish system works. Hmm. I mean, you know what I have to do. Maybe they'll become sponsors after they hear this. GoDaddy should become sponsors, first of all, because I know they're listening. But I think GoToMyPC should become a sponsor. I'm going to have to get that installed on here so that in case I'm out, I can log in remotely and uh, upload that stuff. How does Um, that stuff? Well, I log in remotely to my computer, and I can do my my magics and run run the system from afar. Run computer remotely. Yes, sir. Computer. I Home computer, activate. Nick Fury's so this, commando. So this week, okay. uh, so this week we've got uh, just to wrap it up. We've got Munchkin Land. There's a Munchkin Minute where we talk briefly about uh, Munchkin Legends, and and at the time we recorded it, it was a rumor at the time. But keep mm-hmm. listening through the episode. I had one person email me already. It's like, oh man, you can already get this. And I was like, yeah, keep listening. And about five seconds later, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then, um, we've got, of course, uh, major spoilers podcast. We have top five Zach on film critical hit. Mm-hmm. We won't have a Wayne's comics again this week. Wayne's actually was in the hospital 
uh, oh, for a couple of weeks. Is and he okay? uh, Yeah, he's fine. He's been writing st- still stories on the site. Yeah, yeah. His voice wasn't all the way up, and he said, I'm not at 100%, but I can record a show. And I said, hey, this week's San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Anything that appears on the site is going to get buried in about 15 <laughs> seconds. So just wait another week. So he'll be back to full strength next week mm-hmm. for that. And, uh, oh, um, maybe some other things coming. Yeah. And, of course, right. members.majorspoilers.com. Yes, I Matthew. have your answer, Steve. You do. I want to tell you a story first. Okay. When you buy a comic book, yes, much like a new car, that comic book is no longer necessarily worth what it normally would have been worth. This one sold so, for like two fifty or something. Was right. the cover price with with the Overstreet Guide two ninety nine by the last issue? Holy! With crap. the Overstreet Guide to comics, basically what you can look at is the going price of an average comic as probably the bottom of what a book would cost. So right now your average just book book is going to be $3 in your Overstreet Guide to Comics because 2.99 is your vague sort of average price. Right. I mention this because Nick Fury's Howling Commandos number 1 sold online or sold in the stores at $2.99 cover price. Right. To buy an issue according to my sources right now would cost you $2.50. Wow. So it is a rare book that actually is worth less than it would have cost you to buy it in 2005. Well, there's a lot of books like that, though. Mm, actually, it's not as common as you might think. Really? Because I very seldom do you find. I a see book like that a bu- is, bunch of like three dollar books that'll go for like a buck seventy five on the guide. Hmm. Well, I don't think you're looking at a good new guide. <laughs> well, I'm probably looking at one when this book came out. Uh, yeah, your, guide. your guide, your guides are out of date, my friend. You got oh no, date. these guides stick around forever. That, no, that no, Stephen Stephen Overstreet Prize Guide has um, Norman Osborn for president on the <laughs> I know. cover. It's Lex Luthor as well. First like, of all, a twelve-year-old. No, don't even. No, no. I just got a new price guide at work, and I'm like, oh, thank you. My price guide is up to date. Oh, so don't they have that online? How come you guys don't subscribe to that? What do you mean? Don't they have the price guide online now? Not that I'm aware of. Oh, really? I thought it was online. There are online price guides, to which I am a member, but they are not the official Overstreet price guide. Yeah, I thought that they uh, had an online version of that, and they charge memberships for that. If they don't, uh, they should. They should. Again, if they do, I'm not aware of it. But here's the thing. When it comes to certain books, there are several online guides that we you know, are aware of, and I will usually average what those guides are saying. And since it is Kansas, I'll usually go about 80% of what the average is in terms of my pricing simply because there are not going to be 500 people clamoring to my door to buy Nick Fury's Howling Commandos number one. So if I price it at $3.99, which, you know, a normal book, if it's – I throw in 50 cents for a bag and a board, I put it in my back issue bins – no one will buy it for that amount of money. So, I mean, it's hmm. it's kind of that risk-reward thing. When I had the first appearance of Wolverine come in several months ago, I looked at it, and it could have ranked anywhere between about $200 and $450, depending on what part of the country you're in. I think I ended up getting 375 out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the guide says 450 is your, your signpost. But you're not necessarily going to get that in Topeka, Kansas. So, I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. So you can get an online version of this. You can get uh, the Overstreet Price Guide from uh, Heritage Auctions. They sell a lot of the uh, high-end online stuff. They just sold a, I think it was a Batman and Robin issue not too long ago for Mm -hmm. something like $34,000. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can head over to Heritage Auctions. They have the 2012-2013 42nd edition Overstreet Price Guide. That's just what I found on the search. They may have the, a newer version of that. Uh, you can download it for 30 bucks. It's fully searchable. It's available for Windows all the way up to OS X. You know that I don't have a computer in my office, right? Why not? You guy, you should do that. You know what I really like? <laughs> you know what I really like? I like computers, but I like, um, <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, the Comic Collector software that I use. Oh. Where you just, you can put everything in and you just trigger it. Nowadays, you can trigger it off the barcode if it's got barcode in there. Comic Book Lover? No, it's oh. it's actually Comic Collector. It's the uh, oh, okay. yeah, it's an inventory thing. Oh, cool, cool. And uh, then it will go through periodically when you you can download all the new issues as far as the data for them, trigger if you have them, and then it'll show you what you bought it for, how much it's currently worth, and I think they get it from I don't know maybe they make up their own numbers, um, but you can track your collection very easily like that. What's it cost? Uh, I think for the full on set, you really wouldn't need the full on because I don't think you would need all the, uh, the covers, but if you wanted all the covers, uh, I think it's like 119 a year, something like that, 120. And it's a really good inventory system. The problem is once you go back to times before barcodes, then you're having to enter everything manually. And that's not too bad if you have complete runs of something because you can put in the condition and it it uses the fine, very fine, good, poor, uh, rating system. Um, you can plug that stuff in very quickly and know in an instant and your clerks up front could look and say, oh, yes, we do have Nick Fury's Howling Commandos number six by Mike Norton back there. And they could go and find it pretty easily because you can put in what they, box it's they in. They don't have a computer stuff. at the front of the building. Oh, what is your store doing? Well, my store. What uh, what checkout a, system do you use? Do you have the. the we the, got a new point of sale system. Do you that, have the diamond point of sale system? No, um, but there is, they have something that allows them to scan in the barcodes and say, these are the new books we got. Ah, okay. You also have to realize I have probably 60,000 comic books on hand, either in the cave, mm-hmm. in a long box on the floor or in, you know, mm-hmm. in the basic bins. It would be ridiculous actually to try and retroactively keep the the uh, inventory or move the so you don't have any kind of inventory list yeah you're talking to him well but that's what i'm saying if you already know it then just start entering it but this is the thing i have 12 long boxes of new comics that i haven't gotten to go through yet yeah you know i work approximately five to ten hours a week but i'm saying that as you get those issues you can put them in real easily but there's no benefit in our current business model to having that information. There is nothing that having an Overstreet comic book price guide at the desk, which we always do, and having me come in and say, okay, here's this. I mean, if let's say, okay, for instance, let's say you want Action Comics 309, which is uh, the John Kennedy issue, right? Mm-hmm. That came out right after he died. Mm-hmm. Do you have it? Yes. And do there you, is a system that have, will allow us have to the, tell him. Do you have the X Mutants number two? Not the no. X Mutants, but my X Mutants number two? There are no X Mutants in the store. Are you sure? I am absolutely certain. Okay. Because I have in the back, I what about have Action a Comics wall of number Marvel. 212. No, we don't have any 212s. But what if what if you're not there in the store? <laughs> what if it's That's a Wednesday? Why. What if it's a Wednesday and I come that in and say, what? Excuse me, fine store book. owner. 
Would you happen to have issue 1312 of the Batman? And we would say, no, sir, there is no such thing as issue 1312 of the Batman. What are you, a dumbhead? <laughs> but here's the thing. If it is an expensive, valuable book, it is in a database that can that can be accessed. However, that database is printed out because the computer at the front desk is not a computer computer. It is the cash register. The computer in the back office is not really accessible for those reasons. So, again, I see where you're going. From inventory, the, for my inventory's purposes, mm -hmm. it's great because it's just like, oh, do I have yeah. this? Or next time I go out, I'm going to buy something. What are the runs that I need of the flash? And how much am I going to be paying if I find these issues? What's a, what's a good average price that I could be expecting to pay for these uh, late 60s, early 70s uh, flash comics? Right. And I'll have a good idea from that. And likewise, I can go into a store and say, and this is my frustration with going into many comic book stores, is I'll go in and say, hey, I'm looking to see if you have, I don't know, what's a 1970s issue? 100? No. Probably not. No, not even 100 of the Flash. Flash? No, like uh, 20, 22. 1970s, you're going to have like your 220s. Yeah, let's, let's say you have issue uh, uh, 159 of the Flash. That's, that's going to be close. And what happens is, and this happens at every store I go to, well, gee, <sighs> Let me scratch my head. Um, well, here's our flash section. Look in there. Okay, I can search for a couple hours, or if you knew that it was there, you could tell me. Or in the case of this one particular store, no names named. Oh, well, we have a big warehouse that we store all of our comics in. Why don't you write your name and your number down and what issues you're looking for, and I'll give you a call if we have them. And then I never hear a phone call from them, and because I only go and visit them maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. I never hear from them. If they had some kind of catalog system, they could. Yes, it should be within these 50 issues in this box. Let's look for it. Here you go. Realistically, though, the amount of man hours necessary, even in a small store like I have, to actually catalog the books would be. They'd be deal breakers. I mean, you'd be paying some you'd be either paying someone to be right. there which would cost you money out of pocket, or you'd have somebody it's in there a one on time the volunteer time. Cost, it would though. take forever. No, it, it actually doesn't take forever to do. I can do Dude. about a thousand comics. I can do a thousand comics in about three hours with this system. Your comics are in boxes in your comic room. Yes. 30,000 okay. comics. Yes. Now, the comics in the store are, are also in boxes all in over room. the place. You would have to literally, okay, you can't, first of all, you can't do it when the store is open because you're going to be literally taking all of the books out, going through them. So you're either, I mean, you're going to have to do this. I, I understand now. what you're saying that you don't want to, I mean, that it's too much to do all that you think it's is not a realistic expectation. I'm saying for a store of this that a offer. store does need to do this so that they know what they have on hand and what inventory they have. I'm going to, I'm going to skip ahead in this conversation to the part where uh, Steven and Matthew have like a John Henry 
uh, style showdown in which, in which Matthew like memorizes every comic book and Stephen tries okay. to like catalog every comic First book with his all, computer. Superman 212 is from 1956. I don't have any Superman from the 50s. Secondly, Flash 159 is not a 70s book. That's from like 1966. I'm going to say probably April. Third and most importantly, it's not a question of not wanting to because we have talked about you know, when we got the new point of sale software, whether this was something that was feasible. And what it comes down to is that the amount of work to put into it would not have the payout because the vast majority of people who come to the store aren't going to say, do you have, you know, a Flash 159? They're going to come in and we're going to say, are you looking for something particular? They'll go, no, I'm just browsing. They'll go to the Flash section. They'll flip through it. And if they find the 159, they'll buy it. Because that's the way comic book sales generally go. The people who say, I'm really looking for this specific issue, there is a database. It's not a digital database because, again, no access to a computer in either the front or in my office that would allow us to do that. And buying a computer would just be, you know, good money after bad. So oh, no. I think computers that, are always good. I think that what we've really come down to is a point where the store is operating on a particular margin. Oh, that sure. I understand all of that. I'm just saying that this is there's what, no reward for well, doing this. I don't know. I, I think that because it also tracks what current prices are, you could very quickly say, hey, we need to sell some uh, some books to make some money this week so we can pay Matthew. Uh, what's a good run that would that we could get some money off of right now? Doot, 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 doot. Oh, here we could run these 10 issues and make uh, 150 bucks off of them. But that, that is literally one of the key things that they have me doing. When the books come in the door, identifying and isolating those runs so that they can be you know, put on the eBay or so that we can put them in you know, the case to where people can access them. Having me do it and having the boss oversee it is actually considerably more successful for us than that, having someone put it in a database than someone else being able to access it. I mean, I, again, I, I know what you're getting to, but in this case, I don't necessarily think that automating the process is going to really do anything other than automating the process. It's a process for process's sake in the, in, you know, at the level that the store operates. Now, granted, while we may be the largest store in the area in terms of comics, <laughs> Well, probably in, you know, this half of this, not this half of the state, but from this part west, we're certainly the biggest store all the way over to Kansas uh, City. I That's think where Prairie, the Prairie Dog Comics may have you beat. No, they do not. You can say it all you want, but it's not true. <laughs> you and your Prairie Dog. Hey, Prairie Dog Comics. I'd go to Prairie Dog Comics. <laughs> They're not a dedicated game store. No, they're not. They're a dedicated comic <laughs> store with a small gaming section where they put out their magic tables See, and have people We have a in. large gaming section with large gaming rooms and a private room that can be accessed at any given time. Can you keep your hobbies? Ask for our private room. How much do you charge for that? We don't. All right. Well, next week on the show, we'll be talking more monsters. Monsters. BPRD. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. 
You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fabulous revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on guess i need to rethink this plan how would i bag and board my comics with such huge hands guess i already told ya what a major spoiler surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set throwing Copyright 2013.